let every little thing bother you, it is going to be a very long night. This is Best Pictures, the podcast where we pick our favorite movies for every year we've been alive. I'm Cody Lunsford, and I'm joined, as always, by... Go to band! Y'all from Shreveport? I'm Mark. Are you ready? I'm Jen. Great. So on this show, as you probably know by now, we each pick our favorite movie for every year we've been alive. We also talk about what the Oscars pick for the best movie of a particular year. And then to wrap things up, we pick another movie that feels important to us in some way for that particular year. Today on Best Pictures, we're talking about my choice for 2009, which takes us down into the bayou with two frogs, a into gator. The bayou. With two frogs. Hey, and Mark, gator. please keep up the accent. The, Absolutely. The that, that, well, you lost it. Yeah, I lost it. I'm the one who's from farthest away from the bayou. So uh, uh, I'll, I'll try my best. I guess that's true. I'm from North Alabama. I'm close. I've never, I don't think I've ever been into Louisiana, though. I've driven through Louisiana, but that's it. I have been to New Orleans. Speaking of New, New Orleans, Orleans, we're going to talk about a movie <laughs> that takes us down in the bayou with two frogs, a gator with a musical dream, and a firefly embroiled in an epic romance. But before we get into Princess... You, you sounded like you were just presenting it at the Oscars. That was incredible. Like Almost like frogs. I've I've written this, I've written something because we've stopped doing the monologue. I've written it for every week. You guys just tune out completely and don't realize that this well, is what I've been doing the I whole mean, time. And so have been interrupting me as I'm trying to get through this in, two sentence. So thing. okay. We pride ourselves in being a conversational podcast, firstly. I don't pride myself in this podcast at all. Okay. Secondly, that's clear. <laughs> yeah, you need to start promoting it more on social media, Mark. Hey, I've I've promoted this year pretty well, if you ask me. By that, I mean at all. Secondly, what were you complaining about again? Oh yeah, the uh, you can't expect us to listen to this part when it's been the same for seventy episodes, more or less. It, yeah, of course we're gonna tune out until you say, "What did you watch at the Megaplex?" And then it's my t- turn to talk. That's when I'm gonna tune in. It's just it's just a very interesting approach to be like, let's make the podcast worse. Um, I'm not. Hey, people like listening no, to I, conversations because they want to feel like they're part like, of a group. I do think guests would like the thought to be finished rather than hopping back and forth into the thought. I, that is the introduction to the show. Every podcast episode mm, could be somebody's first podcast episode. That's true. And, and you want to like misguide them and make them think this isn't about us talking, or you want to like do this big presentation and then whoa, it was two sentences. whiplash. Uh, if we used to do first like episode, two entire episodes we used worth to do of content. An, it was. Uh, it was, it, we used to do an entire okay. monologue. No, I know. This is taking the place of this. This is further taking away work from you guys. You didn't run this by this me. Is more work. I, I have I done it the entire that. time, and I did it run by you in the group when we talked about cutting the monologue. I said, I will write a quick introduction for each movie as I introduce it. Uh, For the listeners, because as we all know, this could be someone's episode. Usually this kind of uh, contentious dialogue happens uh, before we record. But hey, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Hey, it's good to have you here. This is a show where every year we go through. Yeah, hey, how about you guys handle it? You guys handle it. I'll take a back seat. I'll be, uh, I'll do you, I'll do I'll do y'all's role. I'll sit okay. back. Well, uh, uh, Cody already basically got through the entire opening thing and was on the last word of the, um, the summary of the movie. So, uh, we got there. 
the the frog and the gator. Yeah. But before we get to that, romance. Uh, let's talk about what we've seen at the Megaplex. Let's. Cody, I don't think you've ever gone first in this section because you typically present it. So I'm going to do you the honor of asking you, hey, what'd you see in the Megaplex this week? Uh, 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 I, uh, I don't know what, Hey, wait, what, what am I supposed to talk about again? Uh, okay, I don't Cody, know. I don't uh, know who you're doing an impression of because it was this is the part we come prepared for. Uh, I you know, he was absolutely doing an impression. is not. <laughs> he was doing an impression of me because I, I tell uh, you am guys, currently scrolling back to see what what movie I'm supposed to be. I tell about. you guys what movie you're talking about every single week. No, the, I told you specifically what I was talking about this week. Man, okay. why are we fighting so much, Cody? What did you talk? What did you see this week? So I went to the Florida Film Festival. They had a virtual option, which I did go to, even with being fully vaccinated. Um, but they they did some wacky times when they were premiering some of the movies that I wanted to see. So we did it virtually, watch it all at home. I'm just gonna blaze through these super fast. I saw Work Horse Queen, which was from a which is about a contestant from RuPaul's Drag Race, who is a bit of an older drag queen and they're struggling a bit with the amount of or the lack thereof of success because they are older um then i watched a documentary about tiny tim which i guess was kind of interesting because i didn't really know anything about tiny tim um watched street gang which was the uh documentary about sesame street really good i'd recommend people watch it I read the book that it was based on, so it wasn't necessarily like new information, but it's still cool to see all of that stuff. I saw Together Together, which is Ed Helms and Patty Harrison. It's about a surrogate. Um, it's good. Um, I, I think I like it. It's got really good performances. It feels Sundancey. Um, and then I watched Mogul Mowgli, which is the second of um, Riz Ahmed plays a musician who gets a uh illness uh movies this one's Wait, more really? kind of yep this one's kind of more specifically about him in ways um he wrote all the music for it it's about a rapper uh which uh, riz ahmed was before being an actor or he still is i didn't um, know that either yep that's yeah he's he, in a rap he, group with hemes from das racist yep um okay called the the sweatshop boys Yep. Uh, and then he released an album last year that's pretty good and yeah. a lot of the songs are in Mogul Mowgli oh interesting uh, um, so it's it's kind of about his culture and being in Britain and then also getting this disease um, it's good it's, it's kind of impossible not to compare it to Sound of Metal um, and Sound of Metal is definitely better but this movie is still really good mm-hmm. it's something where like if Riz wins the Oscar next year for this, which I don't think he's going to, but if he did, it would kind of be a for both performances type thing is how I would imagine it to be. So that's what I watched. Rapid Fire. We're not really diving in deep because you guys haven't seen any of those movies. Yeah. Did you talk about... It's a lot of them. Together, together. I looked at my email yep. for a for a mm-hmm. moment. Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> Must have been when I looked at my email. Full two sentences, good performances. It's about a scurry. That's what you missed. Yeah, okay. Patty Harrison and Ed Helms, who I both, I like both of them. It's good. Julio Torres is in it, and he's got some scene-stealing moments, and he's really funny. I think that movie's good, but it it really does feel Sundancey in a lot of ways, which is where it premiered. Um, Mm -hmm. So 
like Sundance dramedy. It, it's not it's not going to make it to December being one of my favorite movies is kind of the sense I got of it, but I didn't hate watching it. So, but it's as of now, it's one of your favorite 2021 movies. Um, I guess it's up there. Top uh, there's 10. like five ahead of it at least. So hmm. it's a top yeah. 10. So Cody, you're not used to going first year. This is the part where you, you pass usually pass it, it off. to someone else. Yeah. Oh, Let's you, see. You, pick one of the two of us and say oh, what did you watch at the yeah, i check my email at opportune moments where mm-hmm. i knew i wasn't going to be called on to talk for a little bit so i checked the email real quick uh-huh but you're kind of dragging the podcast on now you need to no. pass it to somebody else who goes next i uh mark what did you say there we go great question cody i uh <laughs> at home actually I uh, did not go to the Megaplex. This is showing in Megaplexes, and I have been watching some things in the Megaplex recently, but this one was at home. It's Godzilla versus Kong. Oh, man. Um, the, I can't believe you two, watched this. The two big boys. Television set. Together. That's, that's upsetting. Yeah, I watched this before I started going to movie theaters again, gotcha. like maybe like right before. And I've mostly been saving my movie theater experiences for movies that are not streaming for free. That makes sense. Um, Minari, Raya, etc. Um, but King Kong versus Godzilla, I think would have been better in a movie theater, but I enjoyed it. Uh, I saw on, it in the comfort of my own home. In real D 3D. It was the second movie back to the theaters I saw. I saw Nobody like a couple of days before, but I only saw that because Kong Godzilla vs. Kong was sold out and I was craving the movie theater. Um, and yeah, this movie rules. It's very good. Yeah. Two two big boys duking it out. You got the monkey, you got the lizard. They fight each other. You got I was a metal team. lizard eventually. Yeah, metal lizard. Spoiler alert. Robot. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, King Kong is like the most likable monster ever. He just wants to hang out on his island and people keep dragging him along and he's just got to fight things he doesn't want to fight. And I think that's neat. Yeah, he just wants to hang out and protect his people, protect his little girl who is very small and mute. Yeah. Yeah, it's it like it really shows you why Kong Kong Skull Island didn't really work at all because you don't really give a shit about Kong at all in that movie. Uh, yeah, the movie like gave hints that he was like that he wasn't just a monster, but I never really like had those moments where like little girl reaches out and touches his massive finger. Um, there was like a moment where he like showed mercy for Brie Larson and didn't just smash her. Um, but that was that was about it. <laughs> yeah. Like he didn't do sign language, which uh is awesome when something that big does sign language. It's fine. Yeah, it's cool. Pretty neat. Yeah, uh, well, the monster first. It was good while it last. Um, R.I.P. You, you think this just is the last one? one for sure, for sure, because for sure, for sure, mm-hmm. absolutely for sure, for sure. It's a licensing thing. Toho technically has all the rights to it, and this was the last year that they could release one, which is why they ramped up to this, which I but didn't know till recently. So that's, they cannot do anymore. That's just Godzilla, or is it King Kong as well? Uh, so technically, I think they could make like Kong movies, but they couldn't be monsterverse movies. It'd have to go back to the this I version see. of Kong is the Kong versus Godzilla Kong, which is the Toho version. It's not like Peter Jackson King Kong. It's huh. slight different. So if you made a movie about King Kong with the same VFX team, 
maybe totally new human characters, but it was set in like the hollow earth. And they can't do hollow earth. Hollow earth is a hundred percent Godzilla lore. Well, Um, you could do skull Island, which is why there is a skull Island anime coming to Netflix from legendary. Um, But could they do so they could do more Kong movies that are set in Skull Island or on the top of the Empire State Building. Yeah, I mean, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they still own the rights to... I guess they own the rights to this version of Kong, but they can't have him interact with other monsters because that is not a Kong thing, typically. Okay. Other than, like... Well, the, the, the Skull, Skull Island, Island monsters, monsters. yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, like the dinosaurs and stuff like that. The uh, Skull Crawlers are probably not a Toho thing, but but the rumor is, like, Toho wants to make its own, like, shared universe thing again. So Interesting. Yeah, this All is right. it, which is why the director of king of monsters got signed for a gundam movie because <laughs> they were like what else do we have that's a big thing can we wait like... did did jordan vote rogers direct king of monsters shit the skull island guy yeah I okay remember which one it was but yeah it's the director who i didn't like as much can they got make it. a ride based on this movie and put uh, it in universal studios or something i would guess not no probably mm. not there's probably already like a godzilla land in tokyo or something yeah there's there's this thing where you can like um zip line into godzilla's mouth that's somewhere in- i mean that sounds way that too sounds scary. fun <laughs> yeah that sounds good do you die uh i don't I mean, know you'd have to i don't know where legendary puts its shit so i don't know the answer to this question but it's warner brothers so it's not like they make good park decisions so true six flags over skull island is what i'm hearing Look, if Six Flags ever fucking did anything, you know. I like Six Flags. Chad, what else do you like watching in the multiplex, megaplex? So I did something I haven't done in a long, long time. And I saw a horrible horror movie in a movie theater. And it was a lot of fun. It was The Unholy, starring Jeffrey Dean Morgan. And it was so very cheaply made apparently like based on what i saw on the screen i didn't do any research on it it just looked like it was very cheaply made um there were like two really interesting ideas at play that they like did not do anything with so the movie's about like this demon shows up who uh is pretending to be the virgin mary revealing herself to this girl who was like blind or she wasn't blind she was uh deaf and mute and uh all of a sudden this girl can talk and she's performing miracles and she's like healing people but she's healing people uh in this like sneaky way like a a soul exchange so like this this person's like damning souls to hell and stuff oh seems Uh, like a like a a bad pay bad Bad payoff like not not a gold but you're going to hell not a bargain yeah like this kid stands up out of his wheelchair but it's like yeah have fun in hell um so how do they figure out that the souls are being condemned to hell or just like one go to hell and then come back was like wait a second (laughs) there was like a book 23 minutes in hell um one of my sequel to 23 minutes in heaven right yep yep uh one of my teachers at my christian school that i went to uh really bought into it and suggested the read and it's weird 
What does that have to do with this movie? It was based on my riff that I just did. Oh, okay. Um, so in this movie, there's like this whole congregation of people who just like get on board with uh what is clearly a false prophet. Um, like it couldn't be more clear. It's like so obviously evil, but like this congregation, this church, the whole world is like on board and is following this person. I just think thematically there was a lot that could have been done there, missed opportunity. That um, sounds unbelievable though. Yeah. I don't think people would do that. And then there was this character played by uh what's his name, Princess Bride guy, the Carrie Elways. Carrie Elways. He was like this this Boston preacher guy, and he he had like this very obviously like evil guy accent and he came down from like uh the catholic um the diocese diocese. or whatever diocese yeah yeah uh to like to ensure that these were like real legit miracles and get his like stamp of approval and stuff so but he turns out he knew the whole time that there was this like witch girl who was possessed by the demon mary who Mm uh was like executed she was like hanged on the church grounds years ago and he knew that this was probably this demon coming back but he thought it would be a bad look if the church if it became clear to everybody that the church had like uh been infiltrated by this demon and so he was like sweeping it under the rug for the betterment of like oh i think it would, he was like perverting this like advancement of of the kingdom sounds kind of far-fetched again uh, could have been really interesting if they did more with it but it was a higher up in the catholic lovely. church sweeping things under the rug because yeah. it would look yeah, bad exactly and it, it was basically familiar. like one scene it was like mentioned offhand but like these are themes I wanted like explored more that just were kind of not. And then it was just directed pretty poorly. You couldn't really follow the action. It would be like he'd stare at his reflection in the creek, and and then a jump scare jumps out of the reflection and has no uh, impact on the plot. Just a lot of nonsense stuff like that. Mm. Uh, directed by the writer or one of the writers on 2017's Beauty and the Beast as well as yes. one of the writer or he also wrote legend of tarzan yes I no not legend of tarzan his, uh, directorial debut legend of hercules the, sounds the rock uh, one sounds promising a lot of pedigree there um and i had a blast man it was so fun i really i think the problem is it's april so like this year has been weird because this would have been a movie I would have seen because I normally spend January, January and February like just I want my 2021 list to start so I watch movies like this but there's so mm. many other things out right now that like I have not watched one of the single crappy horror movies of this year because I mean, honestly, they all do, got pushed back to weird points and watch this horrible movie even I'm though not I spoiled going to. like all of it but still <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm trying to catch up on Saul before we open the book and you know there's other things to watch. So I suspect that halfway through filming the movie The Unholy, Jeffrey Dean Morgan realized what a bad movie he was in because there are some scenes where he just like is phoning it the hell in and hey, some Jack, scenes where he's, he's still like still on Walking Dead, so I don't know about that. <laughs> Uh, he he was a charismatic, fun part of The Walking Dead. Remember when how we watched it, it six <laughs> years ago? Like I don't know what he's doing now. Yeah, 
I don't know. Maybe he's just happy to get whatever work he can yeah. get. I don't know. He's a great actor, though. I really like him. He is good. I do like him. In that movie was not good, but I loved watching it. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. The duality of man. Cody, you, you seem down. Are you okay? No, I'm waiting for you guys to transition us. I'm not hosting this episode. Oh, Cody. Okay. Well, well now that we've got the multiplex out of the way, let's take a deep dive down into the bayou uh, where we will talk about frogs. And this isn't making me want to resume my duties uh, at all, ever. So, Mark, because um, we're doing a, he's doing a better job than you. No, because yeah. he's doing a voice. So, Cody, uh, you picked this movie. Tell us about why. What's your history with this movie? You're the doing like a and the Joker. Frog. You're doing like a Heath Ledger Joker because it's the one impression he has. Um, he did a Joe Biden earlier off mic. <laughs> no, he didn't. No, he didn't. <laughs> oh, come but on, it was man. a bad impersonation <laughs> that talk, didn't sound like the Joker. We're trying to talk about the princess and the frog, guys. Come on, let's get it together. We got so, this. I, I, um, I really mean it. It's a good movie. There's frogs and oh, I don't know. So I didn't see it because it came out in 2009 when I um I was you know entering high school and so I was kind of moving away from the watching Disney movies as they came out. Yeah, I so think this was kind of the lost era. You were like me, where like when this movie came out, I thought I was too cool for it. And then especially the a time... princess movie, especially a princess yeah. musical. I yeah. was into princess movies at the time. Anti frog though. Mm, um, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I was still basically watching all of the Pixar movies of this era, just because the whole family would kind of see those. But these, like, yeah. you know, I I still have never seen Bolt or Meet the Robin, or I have seen the Meet the Robinsons, but it was within the past two years. Um, and so this was this also now. before, like, after the action movie phase of Disney, which was like Bolt to Meet the Robinson, before they went back to Princess. Or, like, this was the beginning of them going back to Princesses with Tangled and Frozen. Yeah, because Tangled comes yeah. out the next year. And then Tangled was like and their Brave as well, attempt to, like, appeal to boys because, like, a Flynn Rider and, like, the name well, was Tangled. It wasn't called Princess anything. It was They, they fully cool. sold it. Uh, Rapunzel was, like, not even in the first trailer, um, which is really strange. Um, Rapunzel wasn't in the first trailer of Tangled? Or she, I guess like, barely is. It Anna focuses... and Elsa weren't in the first trailer of uh, Frozen right. either. Yeah. So that's when they were trying to hide that they were princess movies. But this is, like... This this movie is the attempt to like let's do one more round of the classical Disney Broadway style. We've done our experimental era of CGI. Let's do a hand drawn one. Um, there's one hand drawn movie after this with Winnie the Pooh. Um, it's a good movie. Good movie. Um, but I didn't see this until uh, a couple years ago, and then was kind of like blown away by it in the sense of just like I missed out on it mm -hmm. um I think I watched it sh not, not too long after you watched it because you were really hyping it up and I was like I, I watched it probably a year later but yeah uh mostly based on your um suggestion it uh, uh, my wife yeah, adores really it she loves it because she Mine also too. really loves New Orleans. Uh, that's where she went for a bachelor trip, and she like made everybody watch the movie before they went <laughs> on the bachelor trip. 
my um, wife really sang one of these songs tiana's like big dream song like I'm the almost, I'm there. almost there she sang that at like a talent show in high school so she watched oh, this when cool. it came out yeah um those all those movies you mentioned like meet the robinsons bolt and princess and the frog were all movies that she watched and loved and wow. uh she's made me watch bolt and it's not it's good not good uh and i've not watched meet the robinsons yet uh, meet the robinson is fine some people stand up for it there's some ideas there it's trying to do tomorrowland but mm. i think tomorrowland is good <laughs> and a lot of people don't oh yeah um, I, I, I liked tomorrowland it was tomorrowland a, movie. a good movie um but meet the robinsons is kind of trying to do i mean it it uses the great big beautiful tomorrow song um, oh, okay I remember yeah. the trailer had the T-Rex with the big head and the little arms. And I've that is what that I remember from the trailers. There. And I was like, that's funny, but like, yeah. you know, but like the movie does end on a quote from Walt Disney. And I did cry um, because of that, <laughs> but not because of the movie. Um, I'm so, racking yeah. my brain to see if I watched Meet the Robinsons. And all I have is a faint memory of sitting in a theater and watching that movie. And uh, I'm, I have big arms and a small arms and a big head, which makes me think I did not watch that. Movie. I don't think you, you did. probably saw the trailer in a movie theater. Yeah. yeah. And then watched big hero six, which they've somehow combined in my oh brain my or gosh. something. Big hero six is so big good. Hero six it's so because good. I watched it like half paying attention when I did see it. I watched it's- it on an airplane and I cried a lot. It's weird. Movies that came out in 2014, which is when I really started getting into film society and stuff like that. Movies from that year that I watched and like logged on Letterboxd before I was off of Letterboxd for three years and then came back. I have ratings for those 2014 movies and no memories of them. It's like very, very strange. Um, And Big Hero 6 Hmm. is one of those. I've got to rewatch it, especially before the new show comes out. Um... But um, it, it's also it's it's very strange because this is my like dead area for Disney, and like that's just never gonna happen again because now I'm an adult who's not embarrassed about watching like animated stuff, and then I'll have kids quite the opposite and all that stuff exactly. You, you're proud, but that was the one era of my life where it was dicey, and then I missed this great movie. Um, yeah. But this movie's really good. It is really good. Um, I had not watched this movie until this weekend. So I'm on the other side of the, the argument here where I was too cool to watch this movie. Mark uh, still thinks he's too cool for tunes. It's it's a fact. I would never, ever bring in an animated movie of any sort to this podcast. Never. Uh, certainly Ignore not last, last episode. Um, yeah. so context. Mark, Mark argues that that's not animation because it's real things. Mark Mark has an argument that it's not animation. Yeah, so I'm like they didn't cool draw anything, so it's not animation. That's someone the, drew something at one point for that movie, like a People? storyboard. They draw yeah. storyboards for every movie. Yeah, for every so movie. every movie is animation if you think about it. Fuck. Every movie uh. is for babies. I will say that every movie that we like is a dumb baby movies movies are stupid they're pretend like <laughs> i like things that are real yeah movies are, are dumb movies are inherently can, dumb you can fool me by putting a bunch of pictures next to each other real fast that's not moving it's just a bunch of pictures um context setting for the movie writer slash director slash era 
Uh, uh, Cody, don't, don't read them out like this. Yeah. So, um, this like was... a, no, Cody, Cody, take the day off. I got this. This is okay. Musker and Clemens, uh, okay. who are best okay. known for like the Disney Renaissance. They did Little Mermaid. They did Hercules. Then they kind of like got off the trail with like Treasure Planet, uh, uh, the underwater one called no, Atlantis. They didn't direct that one. Didn't direct um, that one. But that's when Disney got off the trail is what I was yeah, saying. That's not what you were saying. Yeah. That's not what you were saying. <laughs> I but... was going to get there. I just had to remember the name of the movie. You Cody... also forgot that they famously directed Aladdin, Aladdin, mm. and they did Aladdin, Hercules, and Little Mermaid of the Renaissance era, which can is I, like can I just can I just call like a, a point of order, just like team meeting, real quick? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, listener, uh, take off the headphones for I want five, four, three, two. Okay, take them off. Yeah, this isn't working, guys. Uh, uh-huh. Cody, you gotta talk more. You gotta be. You gotta be the guy uh-huh. again. You gotta do. You do, do the thing. You do. You drive See, this podcast, just, and that's what makes it work. And I, and I just we watched, can't do it without you. I just watched Spider Man two, and I'm just in the moment where he puts the suit <laughs> in the trash can. <laughs> Well, and, I, and I'm well, eating a hot dog as your well, house is on you fire. You know what? You know what? I believe that there's a hero in all of us. Okay. So and that's going to motivate you to take your suit back from J. Jonah Jameson. Uh-huh. Flip hey, guys, into that guys, uh, itchy suit. Wrong, wrong podcast. Up the crotch uh-huh. a little bit. This is, right. this is not when it's talking about Spider-Man. Yeah, um, but you can also listen to We Need to Talk About Spider-Man on TNBC Network, uh, releasing monthly every last Friday of the month. <laughs> All right, listeners, come back in. Come back in, guys. How will they know? I love that Chad did the plug in the section where they're not <laughs> supposed to listen. Wow. <laughs> That's why. Yeah. Um, okay. So, yes, Musker and Clements. Mark did great. He just forgot Aladdin. And uh, and uh, that's not a big deal. It's just that that movie was so massive. And the fact they do Hercules also. Like, those are three huge ones. It's yeah, basically, man. they do the biggest Renaissance movies other than Beauty and the Beast and Lion King. I also um, think these movies like contain some of the best music in like the Disney animation movies. Um, yeah. This movie included. Like the music in this movie rules. The oh, and we forgot to mention they also, also did Moana after this. They do Moana after this, which I rewatched recently. Which and Moana <laughs> is so fucking good. I kind of forgot how good it was. And then not to brag, but I have a 4K TV <laughs> and I watched Moana in the on the 4K on Disney Plus and the when it opens and it's just water and her on the beach. I like passed out. It looks insane. It looks good. And the music rules and that movie's great. Um, not to uh, brag myself, but I also have a 4K TV. I know Chad's um, the only peon. It's because he keeps buying fucking scooters and laptops. I don't buy a scooter. Yeah, I'm you thinking about buy buying a, a moped, listeners. By the time this episode comes out, I might own one. I don't know. It's scary. Uh, but we're downsizing to one car, and I want a, I want a better way to get around the city. Than walking? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think you found one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if your goal is to find better transportation than walking, mission accomplished. If it's to find better transportation than any other type of transportation that we've invented, we will have to have some discussions on that one. Parking will be easier. And no, so, it, no, there's no parking spots for mopeds. No, there's bike racks. No, you literally put it on a bike rack. You lock it up. I was joking. Bike racks everywhere. Apparently it works. <laughs> no, you that do. feels dangerous. You do. You lock it up. If I am a bicycle thief. Yeah. Hey, that's a cinema reference for all of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
if I'm a bicycle thief and I'm going to a bike rack and I yeah. see one with a fucking battery on it, I'm taking battery bike. Chad, well, you got to be careful not to do what I did to my bike with a bike rack where I biked to my final freshman year. And mm-hmm. then when I got out, it was raining. So I walked back to my dorm and then I drove back home for a spring for winter break. Then I forgot that I had a bike. So just <laughs> warning you, don't do that. I it rode Mark's bike there. to class one time. Um, it wasn't a great bike. Because I was late. It's kind of small. I Chad used, used to, the time. hey, mm, Chad used to skateboard. I did. I skateboarded let's, a little Let's bit. not let that be forgotten that Chad used to walk into his work office carrying a skateboard. Yeah. <laughs> you know who, you know who didn't Fun skateboard? Fun way to get around campus. Yeah. You know who didn't skateboard? Anybody in The Princess and the Frog, because the movie takes place before skateboards were invented. It takes yeah, place it took in place like, oh, the right. Bellum South, right? It took place so before now... Back to the Future um, when Marty McFly invented the skateboard. You made a mistake, Mark. You brought up skateboarding in context of a Disney film, which means I have to talk about Disney Skate for about uh, 45 minutes now, you which don't. is a you Tony don't. Hawk reskin no. where they have Tarzan and right. hey, can Timon we have a Can we have a point of order skate. again? Just this like another is private relevant. meeting. I don't just think he's going to come. I think that he's I'm not stay. coming. I'm going to talk just, about Disney Skate. I just wanted to say if they did a reboot of Disney Skate, hey if they had Mark, Louie yeah, Chad, the up? crrocodile, what's something Cody on really a, likes that we could on a, bring him back um, uh, the movie away from Disney the Frog. So, hey, Cody, so Cody, they're retheming they're retheming Frog? Splash Mountain no. to uh, Princess and the Frog it. at Disneyland, a theme park. Cody, I don't go to Disneyland, so it doesn't matter. So anyway, if Louie the crocodile was <sighs> on a skateboard, I don't think shape, that skateboards can stand on two that Louie can, I don't think that crocodiles can stand on two feet without their tail dragging behind them, which would severely slow uh, you down on the skateboard. And they would create some cool sparks, though. Like, maybe would you could do... I mean, is okay. his tail metal? Do you know how sparks work? <laughs> I grew up on Power Rangers, so no, I he do would not. Be, he would be skinning his tail like you skin your knee when you fall off a skateboard. Okay, what character in this movie skateboards then? The Who would be the Disney skate guy? bug. You think Ray? You yeah. Think, you think that Ray? You think Ray Lightning Bug would get on that skateboard? <laughs> that's a, that's I like that. I like that a lot. Can you say it again one more time? You think that that Dagom Ray would get on that Dagom skateboard, boy? Do you guys remember the main Justice skits on SNL? Exactly. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> one of my favorite SNL sketches is they do like a um well. So there's two sketches. There's the when it's it's Heidi Gardner and somebody, and they keep talking about when they went to Nolens. <laughs> like they, they do that every time. The other one is I can't remember who the host is, but they're doing some like Louisiana cable access show. <laughs> And like there's like a a person in a gator or no, a person in a biscuit suit comes on and like A.D. Bryant is playing like the 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 mom or whatever. The, the And she's like shooing it out with the with a broom. And she's like, get out of here, biscuit. Get out. <laughs> oh, so that's the voice I'm doing. I am doing the Beck Bennett uh, New Orleans voice. Um, anyway, Ray is a very good lightning bug, even though his tail and light bulb uh, are kind of broken when we first meet him. 
Yeah. yeah, he's got to screw it back in. I love the character Ray. He's voiced by Jim Cummings, who uh, we know famously Pooh. for directing Winnie the Pooh. Um, uh, directing? Or, or was he? Voicing was, is what okay. I meant to say. And voicing. Tigger, too. He is Tigger. He also, um, I actually don't think he's Tigger in the cartoons. I think he is just Tigger in. Uh, I could be wrong. I think I don't you're know. wrong about that. I think he is Tigger. I could be. Uh, he is Darkwing Duck. He has a lot of famous voices. But I love Ray. I love Louie. Um, I, I like all the characters in the- Mama Odie. Oh, you know I love Mama Odie. Mama Odie is great. I Facilier is so good. What's the uh, the friend's name, too? The the blonde girl? Oh, oh shit. Uh, uh, Charlotte. Charlotte. Lottie. She's very they call funny. her Lottie. I like Lottie, I like Lottie yeah. a lot because she feels like she's gonna be this the stuck up gets in yep. the way of the of um the main character. But like they're just friends and they find yeah. a way to both be happy and there's no conflict. They're just there. friends. Also, now, Cody, she, can you describe she's to got me... Big Daddy? Hold on. I gotta talk about okay. Big Daddy because it is John Goodman. <laughs> and yes. he come in here like daddy. And he's like, ah, oh, come here, sugar. <laughs> come here, sugar. <laughs> I love it. The minute I hear his voice in this movie, I mean, also go. like Oprah plays the mom. Like, mm-hmm. there's so many like. Oh, good... I didn't even realize that. Yes. Wow. There's so many like good voices in this, and then the main actress, uh, Anika Noni Rose, um, who I think primarily had done Broadway stuff, but I could be mistaken on that. Such a good voice actress mm-hmm. and sings lovely singer so too. well. Yeah, such yeah. a good singer, a fantastic singer. Um, now, uh, Cody, I need you to explain the 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 rules of the kiss magic like when at what point when you oh, kiss yeah. someone do you turn That's into easy. a frog and at what point do you do they turn into a human so the reason tiana turns into a frog is because she wasn't a princess okay um and then the reason lottie didn't turn into a frog was because it was after midnight it was after midnight the re- why did they turn back into humans mama odie they realized oh. they they dug a little deeper and realized that they didn't need riches or princes or princesses they realized that it was each other that they needed oh, they dug a little well, deeper and, and well also Mama Odie couldn't have mentioned also that. the the rule is that if you kiss a princess you get turned into the human again and when they kissed each other on the wedding day she was a princess yes there is some loophole where they make uh yeah. tiana a princess in mm-hmm. that moment yes Okay, so they There's do need that. princes and princesses. They do need princes do. and princesses. They did okay. not have to that. dig deeper. They had to be superficial. Well, no, they no, they do have to dig a little deeper. They like they do realize <laughs> because Mama Odie doesn't even allow that as an opportunity until they realize, oh, we love each other. We're fine to stay as frogs forever. Yeah. Then they are given the option. It's it's the classic. Uh, we learn our lesson and then we also get what we wanted. Yes, it is the just like real life. It's the Little Mermaid thing. Um, you know, they sometimes do that. I don't know. This movie, God, I'm not too concerned it's about the tune. messaging I'm of this not, movie. Yeah, exactly. It's Tunes not are for babies, and they don't yeah, have babies, to be. Babies know better than that. <laughs> if there's anyone that needs to be taught these moral lessons, it's, it's not babies. They understand it. Yeah. But, but they're taught about true romance because, uh, uh, what's his name? I lost his name. Right. The, Ray, because Ray is in love with the star. Evangeline. Yeah. Evangeline. And they realize how much he loves her. Like, I cry. I cry. Ray makes me cry. His death 
is uh, it kills me. It, it's a true rough. tragedy. Well, he, he lives forever in the stars. He lives forever in the stars. And I think his death being so like Facilier thinks nothing of it. But the mm-hmm. fact that we care about him so much and like that yeah, moment he, works he really, really well bug. to me. Like from his right. point of view, it was just like as simple. He didn't as, know like, that that bug was the main character. Right. But to us, the audience, we're just like, oh my God. It it was it shocked me the first time yeah. I saw it. I really was like, oh shit. Like I know people die in Disney movies basically nonstop, but this this one. Don't make that face at me, Mark. It is true. Nonstop. I mean, I mean by nonstop, I mean in every movie there is a death. Okay. Yeah. I will allow that exaggeration. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, I don't even think that's an exaggeration. No, it's not. Like every Disney it's... animated movie, there's going to be a death. Yep. I'll find a loophole. Give me. I mean, there's some. Episodes. There's some that aren't right. Like. In Aladdin, nobody dies. Hmm. Uh, oh no uh, the the guy at the beginning, the guy at the beginning who he sends into. Um, the but that's not Warner. a main character. But like Aladdin is probably an orphan as well. Yeah, I mean his presumably. his parents are dead. Yeah, his parents yeah. are dead. Well, um, actually, his dad is alive, as revealed in Aladdin Part Three. Right. King of Thieves. Subtitle, please. The King of Thieves. Thank you. But like Moana, the grandmother dies very early on into that movie. You know, that they're all over these things. Um, nobody but, dies in like uh, uh, Coco though. Coco does. <laughs> I mean, literally, that movie. Yeah. Also, like <laughs> generations upon generations. Also, the granddad at the end. <laughs> no, the grandma. The Coco. Grandma. That's what grandma you're talking Coco. about. Yeah. Um, fuck, that's a good me. movie. Good scene. Oh, that song. Uh, Coco. I'm gonna make Cody cry. Extremely good. I think Cody's remember crying. me. Remember me is such a like. You're right. When uh, Miguel sings, uh, remember me at the end is just such a like gut punch. Yeah, I mean, um, if you don't cry in that scene, I think something's wrong with you. So I therefore I think something is wrong with our friend Eli Smith. Right, <laughs> did not right, cry right. in that scene. Um. What else do I want to say? I think this movie is gorgeous. The style of animation, yeah. it's 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 not too different than what they've done in other you know Disney princess movies, but it, there is a difference. Um, it's hard for me to pinpoint, but there is one. And they have that one scene. It's in her "I Want" song, which we named earlier. The, Ugh, almost there when it when it, it when it switches to Tiana's it, place. Yeah, it goes to that style of the the yeah. restaurant brochure. Yeah, so good, so good, so that, cool. That's a Musker and Clements kind of trademark. If you think about it's very it, very Hercules. Hercules does the um on the you know the vases. Yeah. Um, and then Moana you can say vases. Yeah, I know. Moana's but, the uh, tattoos, yeah. The tattoos, uh-huh. yes. Yeah, that is. A, yes, I guess they, that is sort of their trademark, huh? I guess they don't really do it in their first three. But Treasure it, Island, or Treasure Planet. Uh, actually, no, they kind of do in Treasure Planet because when they tell the story, I don't know. Treasure Planet's a good movie. Um, I'd say the closest thing Aladdin has is you've never had a friend like me where you just kind of rapidly go through different genie styles. That is but a it's very a, different it's a style. Different. That's that's and a different little style. Mermaid little Mermaid, there's not really one, which is fine. That's their first movie. Um, but yeah, it's their that, first Disney movie. First movie. Did uh, they not do? They the... didn't. 
Sherlock Holmes oh, oh, movie. Which is a Disney movie. They did direct oh, uh, yes. Great Mouse Detective. I just forget about that one. Um, it's not bad. I just don't remember it all that well. Um, so yeah, that when it transitions into that kind of flapper early uh, 1900s kind of animation style it's so good yeah. like it's i love an animated movie that switches up its animation i i think that's something yeah, i really realized any like break in the animation style is like it not only reminds you that there is variety animation but it's like you know th- th- there are choices that we're making and you know we're gonna when you're animated you're allowed to change up your style a little bit more than like I, I feel like you don't see that kind of like here's a scene in a different style in live action movies yeah like you have no, some directors who will change up like aspect ratio depending on you know whatever yeah. reason um whether you're going going through different time periods or, or whatever but in oz the great and powerful which i watched last night they go from four three and black and white and then it expands and then it's in color, which is cool. I thought here I was thinking WandaVision was breaking new ground there. <laughs> That's a Wizard of Oz homage, I imagine. Wizard of Oz. Uh, I don't... Th- yeah, it may do the aspect ratio change too, but I don't... They definitely I... go from... Uh, they go I mean, black, black and white, and white to, to color. color. I yeah. don't think yeah. that they changed their aspect ratio because it's back when like the only thing anybody ever made was Academy. Right, exactly. Um, also, Great and Powerful is not a good movie, but that part was cool. No shit. Um, I, I listened to the episode of uh, Purely Nostalgia. I, I was behind. That's why I watched it. Um, um, yeah, so whenever you know you dip into another style like that, it's really cool. I yeah. also like the villain song. You get all the spooky shit. Yeah. My friend's on the other side, and, and then, then when the, the friend's on the other side take him at the end. The reprisal oh. when, they, yeah, yeah. when they come to take him. Which, I love a good villain song. We talked, we mentioned it earlier. Splash Mountain is being rethemed to Princess and the Frog. Yeah. I hope that that song is just bumping with all the spooky like faces and stuff all around you as you're like climbing the hill just before the big drop. I hope that more than anything in the world. Yeah. I can't really tell what it's going to be like. Like what the story of the yeah. coaster is going to be, I really have no sense. Didn't of they it say yet. it's like preparing for their wedding day after the events of? It's canonically after, movie. which is like why, like yeah. But I feel like you have to have facilier stuff. <laughs> the key is they're making the TV show. Bless you, Mark. They're making the TV Thank show, you. which will take place after this, called Tiana. So I think it may be the bridge between the movie and the TV show. I also um, expect you have the to ride, ride to the ride set, first to understand the show. <laughs> set like in the bayou. I'm trying to look at Cody's yes, virtual background on Zoom. Is yes. uh, It's Mama Odie's place, I think, is yeah. what's in this background. Mm-hmm. Um, I What is that show going to be about, guys? I don't know. And I, I kind of... And I'm going to push back on on your comment that it's going to tie into both perfectly. No, 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 no. Well, mm, I think okay. Like, listen, for, Rise for of example, the Resistance, Rise of the Resistance, yeah. canonically is why uh, what's his face is in trouble. Hux, why he's yeah. in trouble at the beginning of uh, Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> that is true, which is funny. But, but it's not like it was the connecting tissue between. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not saying it's going to be necessary. I'm just saying it will probably be roughly set in that time period between the two. But yeah, I, that would the Incredicoaster 
uh, is, is a about, lightly themed coaster. Is about what happens immediately after they defeat the Underminer. And then as we know in, in Incredibles Part 2, they do not defeat the Underminer. That's because that's a poorly themed coaster that they just were reskinning. You 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 should ride it. It's pretty pretty themed. I think the coaster is fine, but I think putting yeah, statues up of people does they not. They got statues up, but it does follow the story of like also they discover that Jack Jack has powers in that on that coaster and then they discover it again in the sequel. It's it's it is yeah. not connected. So um the the interesting thing about the TV show as well is it's being made by Disney Animation Studios. It is not being made by television animation. Oh, so they're like kind of doing the Marvel Studios thing where they're exactly. like bypassing the TV division. Interesting. Yes. Which means it will be tied. I like a lot of Disney television animation. So it's not like I think I heard it the Tangled being... Show is like secretly incredible. People say the Tangled Show is incredible and by yeah i i need to get into that one but so it's not like uh the fact that it's the feature animation doing it makes me think it'll be super good or that or anything but there is something fascinating about it i don't know what the show is going to be is it just her running the restaurant surely not but what is it i just wonder i don't know what if it is just a workplace comedy like it's like cheers but it's tiana's place I I was hoping they would announce it as Tiana's place instead of just yeah. Tiana. And then you could have the shenanigans of her running the restaurant as like Louie is playing music in there and all of that. It would be good. I'd yeah. watch it. Gonna I'm going to watch it anyway. Mystical journey or something. Yeah. There's got to be adventure and nonsense yeah. and, and people turning into animals. And songs. And songs. Is um, it a musical series? I would be shocked if it and Moana do not have music in them at some point. But you think every episode has its own original song? Yeah. That would be pretty seems like a lot of work. Cool. I mean, they did what? it for Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. It was two original songs every episode. That's true. Also, High School Musical, the musical, the series, a show on the platform does have at least one original per uh, episode. Oh, do they do originals as well? Like an Absolutely. original yeah. and one from the musical they're yep. doing? Yep, gotcha. yep, yep. Cool. Um, so I don't know. Princess Frog, good. I'm glad that they didn't just I mean, they're never gonna completely forget about their princesses because there's just mm -hmm. so much they can do later with them. But um, I'm glad they're not forgetting about Tiana and they're doing something with her, even if a full sequel movie couldn't happen, which it's not like there's I mean, actually still, that many there's not that could. many Disney sequels anyway. So and they do the, the TV show. Of the princesses that have gotten sequels, they've all been Literally. direct to video. Right. right. Yeah. The there hasn't Frozen. been a single. Frozen oh, is Frozen's the, only one. the one. Yeah. I guess Frozen is the one. But like Little Mer back in the day, they used to do this all the time. Little Mermaid got a show. Hercules got a show. Aladdin got a show. I didn't know Little Mermaid had a show. I watched Aladdin. I watched a little bit of Hercules. I watched the Timon and Pumbaa show. Yeah, I watched New Groove. I watched Aladdin. I watched Timon and Pumbaa. I watched Buzz Lightyear Star Command. I think Hell those yeah, I watched Buzz, Buzz Lightyear Star Command. Shows I watched. I watched Buzz Lightyear Star Command so much that when Lightyear doesn't have those characters in it, I'm gonna be like slightly I'm gonna be annoyed. mad. Yeah, I hope there's like at least like like Easter eggs of them. It seems like based on the pitch of Lightyear. 
that it's more of a grounded like actual space adventure thing and less of like the heightened space fantasy that Buzz Lightyear Star Command it is, kind of was. It is about him joining Star Command. So there will be there's aliens and shit in it. Gotta be. I guess there's Zerg, gotta be. The if evil Zerg, Zerg is not in Lightyear, I will not understand Zerg has the got to of the be universe. Yeah. I bet it is something. Like, do they do the father bit from Toy Story 2? Like, will Zerg oh canonically gosh. be Buzz Lightyear's father? Or will they do like a Zerg is his, will they do a Sinestro Green Lantern thing? So, like, Zerg is a member of uh, Star Command and he, like, goes I, bad. I would be surprised by that. Just because Zerg is like, I don't think he'd fit in a Star Command like uniform. He's a big uh, boy. Mark, he's Darth Vader, right? He is just a normal person before, and then he gets fucked up and has to wear the Zerg oh, Yeah, I suit. guess so. Yeah. yeah. Huh. I don't know. I don't know that that's what's going to happen, but it's like, is the father thing movie. real or a bit? Like, that's going to be... I'm trying to remember, was the I'm your father thing just in the toy store, or was it also in the video game? was not the in the beginning. video game. It was just not I think it was at the beginning. Okay. I think it was just the dinosaur making that joke, right? No, Zerg no. says it to Buzz too. Yeah, okay. Zerg says it in the toy store, and then they end up playing catch as father and son, and it's funny. But... That is cute. well, and also the Buzz Lightyear Star Command. It starts with a ranger going rogue who was like really good friends with Buzz, and he turns out being like a bad guy working for Zerg. Mm. Um. <laughs> is Zerg Buzz's father in that show? I don't remember. I do not think so at all. Because okay. the show is came out Disney before Plus? Toy Story 2. No, I don't know why, but it is not. I would literally watch every episode if it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once I'm done with Gravity Falls, I think I may go to Tangled. Okay. I need to Gravity watch Avatar The Last so Airbender. Uh, <laughs> you need to watch Avatar <laughs> The Last Airbender. I don't know, but Tangled. Um... So, okay, back to, back to Princess and the Frog. I don't know, is there, I feel like we are, we're hitting all the big points. It's a short movie, right? So there's like- yeah. Short movie. Um, if, you, if you haven't watched the movie, this princess turns into a frog after she kisses a frog. Yeah. And then they get married. And that's- the And they turn back to humans. Yeah. It's good. I like, I, yeah. I, 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 you know, I think we've kind of hit all the reasons it's good. I, I think it's very pretty to look at. I- mm-hmm think the story i i know there are some people who are like well tiana you know she's kind of perfect the whole way through i guess i get it but at the same time i still feel like she learns things as she goes like it's fine i also like that she's working for some like she's working to start a rush like she has a goal yeah she the has whole a time. dream that's not about like uh, uh, meeting a man is not like her on her radar but then she no. ends up falling in love with a man anyways. And she doesn't have to like sacrifice what she wants and what she loves and what she's been working towards for this romance. Yeah. yeah. In fact, like she's probably going to be providing more than him because he's a prince, but he's broke. He's broke as hell. Um, and I know there are some people who do have some complaints about the fact that it is a black protagonist and then she becomes a property instantly. Yeah. I think that is a fair criticism in context of that has weirdly happened in a lot of movies. I don't think Where it did is that trope come from. Cause I was like unaware of the trope until I think some backlash of 
soul. soul. Yeah. But then like Spies in Disguise was brought up as well. Right. And yeah, I just, I never heard of this. And then it's like, all of a sudden I'm like able to point to all these things and be like, oh yeah, I guess it is. Right. I like, listen, I am not the expert to speak on this. I do not know where the trope originated, yeah. but I will say, I think it is a problem because it happens so often mm-hmm. or then it is a problem of this particular movie, if that makes sense. And if this is yeah. where it happened and then those other two movies are the ones that follow, then, right. you know, I, I, I just don't know. Um, but there like, are so- It's not like she loses her blackness entirely when she becomes a frog either like she's still got like her entire personality and like she's still like fully that character you know what i mean right she doesn't become a radically different character as well as transforming and i think that like this movie also has a lot of like new orleans black culture in it in terms of like uh jazz and gumbo and um, yeah you know, I, I think that this movie d- does not try to stay away from blackness. And it exactly. also doesn't try to hide. Yeah, I think uh, that's what I was trying to say. You know, it, it isn't yeah, a, about it racism, but it is like, you know, these black characters were servants of, or, you know, not necessarily explicitly servants, but like they were the seamstresses of, of the rich family. I do wants give to this open movie... up her own mm-hmm. restaurant in like the black area. Like a, she wanted to open like a, a fancy black restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, I give I do give this movie props for being like you know sometimes in these like um, Disney movies or you know some modern movies that are trying to embrace diversity sometimes they do that by casting diverse which is great <laughs> I feel like me saying which is great makes it sound worse than it is but sometimes <laughs> they do diverse casting but then they kind of ignore the realities of who they've cast in things right um, sure. you know um, Dumbo is an example of where like the little kids are mixed kids but there is no nothing is being dealt yeah, with when, like, nothing really- is baked into the DNA of those characters that is like specific to the lived experience right. of a mixed person in the 1940s yeah. Like right. yeah. so I think like the fact that you know when Tiana and Lottie are really good friends they're not on equal levels because at that time they wouldn't be like you see um you you see tiana go back and she has a you know that i love that scene where like her dad's made the gumbo and the entire neighborhood like comes out Mm -hmm. um but you see that her life is different than lottie's Mm -hmm. life so they're not being hyper explicit with it but i think they do still acknowledge the reality of it yeah like they Um, live in a segregated world but they also don't like there's no instances of racism in this movie right it is other than the not a movie about systems (laughs) right yeah other than the systems but it's not like someone's like oh you can't eat here you're black right it's it's just like she's got to go home to her black Mm -hmm. neighborhood it's like like, it's that polite racism of like yeah y'all are over on that side of town we're on our side and i mean it's 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 it's, it's the little things too of where like she is only her and lottie are great friends Mm mm-hmm by all accounts, but she is actually only at that party because she's making the beignets. Like she wouldn't have been invited to that party. And she's only at Lottie's house in the beginning because her mom was there as a seamstress. Yeah. Like they're friends in the sense of 
yeah lottie is around lottie is always going to have like some level of ignorance of like what tiana's life is like yeah like i mean lottie has so much money her her dream is not to open a restaurant she's not working for that the level that (laughs) is it's kind of interesting that like his whole plan the prince's whole plan uh louis is the alligator yes naveen yeah uh naveen with an n naveen yeah like naveen andrews from lost gotcha i thought it was naveed the whole time but Mm -hmm. naveen okay uh naveen his whole plan is to marry the rich girl lottie so that he can use that money to help tiana start her restaurant she wants to start right and it's just like lottie could like solve all of tiana's problems <laughs> in a snap of her fingers just of course like, yeah she could give her the money for the restaurant easily right. easily but there's just some kind of tension there of like yeah that tiana would never ask that or right and it's not just like a, a pride thing either it's there's something else there like not spoken now do i hope for the tv show that they bring in a black jazz musician to do the music yeah i do yeah. i think like it being uh what's his face randy newman um you know like it's fine and it'd the nice songs slap could, but it'd be nice if they could like dive in with with way more runtime dive in more to like the kinds of things we're talking about like, right you know, because it, well, it is I, the world they've built is a segregated world. It just I is. would say I don't think that would ever happen on Disney Plus, but we are watching week to week them doing that on Disney Plus with yeah. Falcon and Winter Soldier, which I've been shocked by. But yeah. I think they will probably ask John Batiste to help with the music because he was heavily involved in the music for Soul. So like he's worked mm-hmm. with Disney quite a bit and he's a pretty uh popular and, uh, modern jazz musician yeah the music in soul was so good too it's so very good so very good um john batiste is still colbert's band leader yeah yes okay they just um, like aren't meeting up in person because you know we all live in it. this hell on earth but uh but yeah he's still on the show it's, it's just interesting because like you know i guess i've never really paid attention to people's band leaders before but the fact mm-hmm. that like john batiste is like still helping score a movie I mean, you, um, you know like he's releasing Fred Armisen is seth meyer's band leader well not anymore right like who is i think he comes leader? off and on oh, and okay. they do guest band leaders that's kind of I what they've know. always done i and also reggie watts is uh james corden's i also forget quest love is jimmy fallon's and the yeah. roots do still make music it's yeah. just i it's it's not something it's a I really good day job for these guys to like just make money by just playing a little bit <laughs> yeah they yeah. like they're they're not like the host where they have to like be in the writer's room and approve bits it's right. like i'll just sit here and play jazz and be like good one jimmy, jimmy fallon's <laughs> gonna say something funny and i'll go Ba-dum. yeah it's like all right guys we've got to they're doing some dance bit again we gotta figure out how to play some do a little songs. beat just give them like a little yeah. something all right yeah the drummer just play a right just a beat and the, the saxophonist will play whatever melody is on tiktok this week for fucking charlie d'amelio to dance to i'm sorry dixie d'amelio or no it was addison ray who did the i'm dances. sorry uh <laughs> i got the I am... wrong at <laughs> i am looking up who my favorite um late night show band is my uh favorite late night show not a band leader but a sidekick was jeff the robot in the late late show with craig ferguson 
Yeah, that was good. I, mean, I think for me, it is uh, John Baptiste and the uh, what are they? And the something. Um, uh, are they an and the something? Yeah, it's like the human connection or something like that. Something like that. My favorite. They my favorite. Played a version of a Punch Brothers song with Chris Seeley from the Punch Brothers when he was on the show. And it's like my favorite version of that song. It's so good. They just brought this whole other energy to it that like was absent from the original version. It's My Oh My. Check that out on YouTube. It's very good. My favorite is Mama Bear and the Monsters, which is the band for the Not Too Late show with Elmo. Oh, Elmo. <laughs> it's a pretty good show. I like it. Yeah, you you famously like media for babies, like Princess and the Frog. No, Princess and oh, the Frog Cody, is not I did for not babies. say that. I did not say it that time. I know. Chad said it. I know. Princess and the Frog is not for babies. Not not too late with Elmo. It's it's very interesting. It definitely skews younger than most things that I'll throw on. It's um, Elmo. <laughs> yeah, it's Elmo. But it Elmo is, is kind of for babies. It is, but it is it's not. Inarguably. You learn about shapes on that show. Well, not a not too late. Not too late show definitely is meant to be oh, I am watching this with my kids. And yeah. they're still like, really, like it's not Elmo's world, which is only for preschoolers. Yeah. I mean, I watched the first two or three Not Too Late shows with Elmo because yeah. it came out early pandemic. I was sad all the time and Elmo yeah. was simple for me. It's good. It's a good <laughs> it show. Was, it was funny, but at the same time, watching it any further without a small child in the room would have felt weird. So I stopped. Didn't feel weird to me. Feels good. <laughs> um. But also we had uh, Earth to Ned, which is actually my favorite talk yes, show, I think. It's great. It's Do they so have a band? Good. No, but Cornelius is probably the best like uh, sidekick. Mm-hmm. Like, Chad, better watch than, that uh, show. Better than Andy Richter. Uh, maybe, yeah. I watched the first episode. It was pretty funny. I think, I you think need with to keep the going. right guest combo, it could be really, really good. You need to keep going. Because I would say the first couple are shaky in ways Mm -hmm. i think the star wars episode actually is pretty bad but i think other than that it gets really good um i have been purchased by the walt disney company i continue to shill no i was talking about elmo don't lie cody you did not get money for this purchase (laughs) no i did not they just said do you want to be and i was like yeah i'll do it we will give you no perks or anything i think it's more like you walked up to them and was like can i do this and they're like right Right. Do you want money? No. Uh, no. Yeah. Why not? I'm not going to stop you. <laughs> no, I just want to promote all your shows. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I really want to talk about. I think about we've covered. Most I of think it. we've covered all of it. The so. well, at, at this point, uh, we go through the alumni. Is definitely what I was going to bring up next. Yeah. So John Goodman was in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? He's yes. also in this movie. Uh huh. Keep going. Uh, Don't look at the sheet. I'm not looking at the sheet. No, I, I know. My, my iPad died. Uh, Jim Cummings. Yes. Was in something we talked about probably at some point. Yeah, I don't remember what it was now, but yes, he <laughs> what, was. What would he have been in? Um, I mean, some anime movie. We talked we about Lilo and Stitch on the podcast. We talked I, about. I think it was literally Spirited Away. I think I accidentally just said anime, and I do think he is in Spirited Away. Um, okay. The the dub, not the sub. The dub, not the sub. I have no so. idea any other ones, so I'm just going to sit this one out. Yeah, that's all I got, man. 
Are there more? Uh, yeah, there's definitely more. Um, definitely. Definitely. There's two more. Um, okay. Yeah. I found my founded more place. Are they Sorry. actors or are they? Like... They're actors. Hmm. They're actors you guys know. Oh, I like did not look at the cast for this movie. So Me neither. Was Oprah a voice in something else? Uh, no. I have no idea. You're just going to have to tell us. You're going to have to tell us. Um, okay, so Jim Cummings was in The Lion King. He plays Ed. I forgot mm. about that. Oh. Who is Ed? Oh, oh the hyena? hyena. Yeah. He's hyena. Ed? That's yeah. incredible. He makes the noise. So the other one is Terrence Howard from Crash. Oh. Yeah. Terrence Who Howard. Does Terrence I, Howard play? I believe he plays the dad. Fascinating. Okay. Uh, and then Keith David is also in Crash as mm. the police chief. And who is he in this? Yeah, uh, Facilier. Okay. Yeah, you know him from Voices. Like, I'm ready. What does it he's... say about our mo- our podcast where we we watch a movie that's predominantly a black cast, and the uh, only things that they've been in are Crash? Oh, I mean, it's not good things, probably. I don't know. We haven't covered Gargoyles, the TV show, so um... uh, we also haven't covered another predominantly black movie. This we is probably our. Uh crash oh well i was gonna say do the right thing but that was like sort of a bit because we didn't want to talk about that was before that was on the crash episode yeah we talked about we talked about do the right thing majority yeah no actually i think this is probably the most uh predominantly black movie we have covered so i think we got to give it up for cody thank you thank you i'm a hero i'm the only one giving it up mark you weren't clapping I gotta hold my mic. I don't have a stand. Mark did Brokeback Mountain. He was a queer ally. Um, No, we'll talk about Moonlight Um, and stuff like that in the future. I mean, yeah, there'll be movies we talk about, but yeah, that's interesting. I brought a movie where they killed Hitler, so I guess that's that was some um, okay the non-Nazi community. I don't know what you're going for there, Chad. Um, Cape check, Cape check. Let's go, John Goodman. I don't, is um, he in anything? <laughs> nope. Is Keith David? Oh, Terrence Howard is in Iron Man 1. Uh, yep, yep, Terrence Howard is uh, in Iron Man that's uh, Oprah is a hero to millions across mm, the nation. No, I did not write Oprah. If I didn't have a lot, I was going to pull some bullshit about her being in a rink one time, but I didn't, so... Is Keith David in something? I feel like I've seen him in a superhero outfit. Um. Okay. <clears throat> Keith David is in... Avengers Assemble, Ben 10, Tales of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, Voices. The, Voices. I don't know Ben 10 counts. It does. He's a superhero. The Marvel Experience, Young Justice, mm-hmm. The Cape, Spectacular Spider-Man, he superhero was movie. He was. <laughs> I uh, think I did watch The Cape. <laughs> Justice League, The New Frontier, Teen Titans, Todd McFarlane, Spawn, and Gargoyles. I watched Cape. That the, might be what I was thinking. The cape. The cape, cape would I'm be sorry. too clean. <laughs> the um, cape is what you Okay. Watched. Any any other all capes? six episodes. Um I got nothing else. Lottie. Nope. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> uh Jim so, Cummings was like Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy or something. I don't nope. Know. <laughs> Jim Cummings is in Spider-Man 2017. He is in DuckTales as mm. Darkwing Duck. He is mm. in Powerpuff Girls and he is in Darkwing Duck. 
Mm-hmm. By Spider-Man 2017, do you mean Spider-Man the video upcoming? Game. The video no, game. I, nope, not a video game. It is the oh. 2017 series. Oh. I didn't know how to delineate oh. it, really. Oh, yeah, right. The video game series. is Spider-Man PS4. Yes, that's how uh, I would have called it. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, we've got three more. Oh, just tell me. I have no idea. Okay. I couldn't see a single face in this movie, so I can't put faces to right movies. So Anika Noni Rose uh, is in the CW Seed show, oh. uh, <laughs> Vixen, uh, which is a DC superhero. Um, right. I have not watched that show. It's an animated show. I'm sorry. Okay, it's animated. I was like, how many Arrowverse shows are there? What the fuck is Seed? CW Seed like the... is the shitty streaming service. Yeah, it's like it's online and it's a lot of like older shows and I guess some originals as well. I think Vixen is now on HBO Max. Okay. Um, okay. And then remember in this game, when in doubt, the answer is Big Hero 6 because Jennifer Lawrence, the voice of Mama Odie is in Big Hero 6 and Don Hall hold on, is... Hold on, hold on. Her name is what now? <laughs> Uh, Jennifer Lewis. Okay, you said Lawrence. You did say Lawrence. Uh, sorry, I'm I'm reading these fast. Yeah, uh, Jennifer Lewis plays Mama Odie in this, but she is in Big Hero Six. And then Don Hall is a voice in this, and he is the director of the film Big Hero Six. Cool. So, yeah. that's cape. Well, check. that's our cape check. Lots I really should have known everyone, more of those. Man, <laughs> it is wild that there's always a cape check. Someone we've has never been not, in a superhero product. Well, the never bar is low one. for a superhero property. No, but it's not. Are these are all these, these are real. all big two. Every single time there is at least one real one. And then I'm sorry, Cody. Cody will have by some big, BS, but. Which of the big two does Ben 10 fall under? Not okay. all of them are big two. No, but but some Keith, of them are big two. Keith. Uh, Keith David, I was showing the ridiculousness of how many superhero shows he was in, but he was in both Marvel and DC shows. Yeah, he was in Justice single, League and Avengers. every single one I listed was in a Marvel or DC property at least because Big Hero Six is Marvel. Yes. Um, so like that's insane. Marvel and DC, every person I listed, that's wild. Yeah, it's wild. I didn't even have to go to the boys or which like there's 10 people in that show, but you know, I didn't even have to go to any of those. Now I can start saying Jupiter's legacy for Josh Dumel whenever we cover <laughs> all of the Josh Jeez. Dumel movies. All right. uh, um, Maybe a picky every now and then. I <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I I'm can't trying think to, of a reason we'd cover Transformers. I'm trying to pull a Josh Dumel movie and really struggling. <laughs> It's basically Transformers and Safe Haven. Is he I in think. Battleship? Mm-mm. I don't think I got so. nothing. It's just it's just the first three Transformers. Um and being married to Fergie for a while. Um The Princess? Nope. Well, she is a princess of sorts. The princess, princess of, of the had be yeah, princess of pop, Fergie. So uh, now we need to talk about if this movie's no, we're not there yet. No, as... we are definitely not there. Oh yet. shit, Josh Josh Dumel was in Love Simon. Josh Dumel is the dad in Love Simon. All right. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, Cody, where are we then? What do we got? What do we got? Yeah, see, don't try and host the show because you're skipping big parts. Are we gonna talk about the 
budget and box office? Yes, it made two hundred and sixty nine million dollars on a hundred and five million dollar budget, which isn't bad, but by the standards that Disney had kind of put on its animated films at that point, yeah. it was uh, enough it was, to never make a two D animated movie again. Other than Winnie the Pooh, but I think that one was Probably kind in of already. in development yeah. and almost done. Uh, this says on eighty five on Rotten Tomatoes, which feels too low. IMHO uh, and a three point six on Letterbox, which also kind of feels a tad too low for me. Um, but people are dumb. Um, this movie was nominated for Oscars, which is you know big part of our show. Best animated uh, feature, I'm assuming. Yes, uh, best original Oscar. song. So it lost animated film to Up, and uh, it was nominated for two best songs, um, and it lost to The Weary Kind from Crazy Heart. Bunch of so, BS. Bunch of BS. Uh, now, is this movie better than Inglorious Bastards? Um, I'll start. I think Inglorious Bastards is better, but I like this movie a lot. This okay. movie, you know, it's very good. It's very beautiful. I love 2D animation. I miss 2D animation. I wish we had more of it. This is like one of the best Disney animated movies ever made. Yep. Um, the music it's is in great. my top 10 for sure. It rules. But, you know, it's pretty simple. It's, you know, it doesn't really challenge me very much. Uh, Glorious Bastards is kind of simple in its own way too. But it's just like, it's, almost, it's, doing, it's doing cool things. Yeah, that's oh, interesting. Like Inglorious Bastards. I know what you're saying. I don't think Inglorious Bastards really challenges me in any kind of way. Yeah, I guess it doesn't challenge you. It's doing know, interesting there's, there's some filmmaking complicated, stuff, yeah, but I don't and, think it's leaving me with a question as I walk out of it. Not there. so much. You're you're meant to enjoy watching Nazis get killed at the end of the day, right. uh, and you're meant to be stressed out during the tense scenes. I'd say the most challenging stuff is like when you're confronted with the hyper violence at the end and like it is good that Hitler's being shot a bunch, mm -hmm. but it's still just like yucky to look at. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. It's definitely like thought provoking. Sure. I'm going to go with Princess and the Frog. I don't really know which one I think is better. I'll be completely honest. I don't know. It's a little hard to compare these two, which I know is yeah. the nature of I the mean, show. It is a G-rated musical yeah. versus an R-rated Quentin Tarantino Nazi movie. So I'm just going um, with my heart and thinking, what movie would I rather throw on? <laughs> it is this movie. Um, and I think it has some like, you know, I watch a lot of movies with my wife, Olivia, and seeing... Did you kill your wife? No. I don't uh, care, guys. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> What's funny is that bit is from so long ago. It's lasted since know. the 1994 miniseries. I don't know. Or was it the 93? It was 93. It was the first. It was literally our first series, maybe our third episode. <laughs> um, but just seeing her get really into movies, which she likes in Glorious Bastards, but like she really, really loves Princess and the Frog. And it's just kind of a different experience to be watching a movie with somebody who like really, really loves that movie. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, singing along with all the songs, getting excited, <laughs> like the movie ends. That was a good movie. <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, definitely a different reaction than when we watched Oz the Great and Powerful last night, where she kept saying through the last 45 minutes, this movie sucks. <laughs> this movie's not good. I was like, Olivia, I know I'm not going to turn it off, though. 
Um, but yeah, so it's a different experience watching uh, it with somebody who's having that kind of reaction. So, you know, whether or not it's fair, who knows? But to me, I'm definitely voting this one as the better movie. Lots of drama for me. Uh, a lot of pressure on me to put some thought into this. No, I know what um, you're picking, and it's fine. yeah. I mean, like it's it's not that hard of a pick for me. Partially because I've I have seen Inglorious Bastards several times and just know it better. Um, and also because I I think I agree with Chad in that it's a more challenging movie. I probably disagree about the fact that you're that it's like just about killing Nazis. I think it's kind of about revenge and the, the lengths we go to, to make plans and those plans falling apart and totally all but kinds at the of end stuff. of the I think day, it's... you're not left with a big question at the end of the day. You're kind of left with like, it was nice to see those Nazis get killed a little bit, but I think there's some, some thoughts you have along the way that are interesting. And I'll sure. say that this For movie sure. is not interesting and doesn't have interesting thoughts. No, this was a good year guys. It was a it was a great year, absolutely. Pretty good movie so far, um, but I am going to go with Inglorious Bastards. Cool. Although, who knows what my pick would have been if Olivia had been in the room with me as I watched this movie? Yeah, like I mean, if we had watched this all in a group, like, could you imagine, Mark? Like, Mark, remember how much we fucking loved Frozen because a it was right before Frozen got massive. It was just a random like, oh, I guess we should see this Disney movie in theaters, and me and Mark and one of our other friends come in late to the movie and sit like in the front row because it's crowded and then we're like ah oh, shit this movie slaps because we were having such a good time in the theater like yeah you kind of can't uh can't argue against those uh experiences which is why it's good movies or theaters are reopening um um hey Mark, where can huh? people find you and what movie are you looking forward to? You can find me at Wellington Mark on all of the social medias. That's Twitter. That's Instagram. That is Letterboxd. Um, what am I looking forward to myself? Me, you're asking. In the next two weeks. Um, I'm probably looking the most forward to you. I just noticed that Scott Pilgrim versus the world is on this list, but I don't think that's going to count because um, I can watch that whenever I want to on DVD. You can go um, to a movie theater to see it. Yeah, I could. Re-release. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if AMC A-List covers releases, unfortunately. Not often. Huh. Rip. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, the Mitchells versus the Machines. Uh, the um, I have blanked on their names. The, the guys Bill Lord made, and Chris Miller. Lord and Miller, yes. Uh, they were the producers behind the into the spider verse they also made clothes change meatballs and 21 jump street and like a movie and a bunch of really great movies i fully trust their uh production production uh company and have been looking forward to this movie since it was first dropped as a trailer with a different it was first called connected connected Uh, bad name good movie I'm trying to figure out the director. It doesn't look like he has other. No, credits. I think it's his first film. Huh. Yeah, because he doesn't even have um, a Wikipedia page. And you can find me at yes, Chad Jeff. A Oliver on all social media platforms like Letterboxd and Twitter and Instagram. You can also listen to my other podcast called The Lord of the Rings Sentence, where I read The Lord of the Rings one sentence at a time. Um, the movie I'm looking forward to the most is also the Mitchells and the Machines. That's what I was planning on saying. But uh, that being said, 
my second choice was together together which cody already talked about at the beginning of this podcast mm-hmm. so i'm gonna go with my third option it. which was mortal Kombat, which is what i said on the previous episode because i thought it was coming out earlier than it actually was well go with mortal Kombat. Kombat. it's uncomfortable yeah yeah um, you can so find more, me more, at Mortal Kombat, I guess. Mortal Kombat, get choice. over here to the cinemas. Um, you can find me at Cody Lunsford underscore on Twitter and Instagram at Cody Lunsford on Letterboxd. You can find this show at We Pick Picks, W E P I C K P I C S on Twitter and Instagram. Don't forget to leave those five stars. You can listen to my other podcast, We Need to Talk About Spider Man, where we simply must talk about Spider Man. Uh, we're going to talk about Spider Man 2 at the end of this month. Um, the movie that I'm looking forward to is called In the Earth. It is a movie directed by Ben Wheatley, who directed uh, kind Tower of Heist, right? Nope. Was that him? Nope. That was Brett Ratner. Uh, what am I thinking of? I don't know. There is uh, some kind of a tower movie. There is. There is a directed. tower movie that he made. Okay. But, yeah, high Rise. Look, high directed rise. High Rise. Um, he also directed Free Fire. He also directed the kind of like um, ill-advised Rebecca remake that came out on Netflix oh, yeah. uh, that nobody really watched. But this is a movie that was made in the pandemic and is sort of about the pi- pandemic in ways. Um, but it is a horror movie. Um, it's gotten some pretty good buzz so far. It just seems scary um, in a good way. Um uh, elevated horror no i don't know um the cast i don't know anybody in it um so that's pretty interesting um i think it's gonna be cool um it is being released by neon so that means if you don't get uh to the theaters uh it will be on hulu at some point because they've got to deal with hulu um it's going to be a minute, but that's her thing. It was shot over... No, he wrote and directed a horror film over the course of 15 days. That's that's strange. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. I hear it's good, though. So uh, that's what I'm looking forward to. Um. All right. Um, hey, Mark, what's the best movie in 2009? Um, Inglorious Bastards. Both words spelled wrong. Chad, what's the best movie in 2009? Um, because this movie is G-rated, I'm going to steal your bit from last episode and say Inglorious Custards. Uh, Cody, what's the best film of 2009? The best movie of 2009 is Inglorious Bastards. Thanks everyone for listening. And remember, just follow the bouncing butts. episode we have a very special treat it is the question mark annual picky awards we are going to talk about our top movies of 2020 which we did somehow pull out watching enough movies to cover so look for that and then afterwards we will be back to our regular scheduled programming and talking about the academy award-winning film in 2009 the hurt locker uh so see you at the awards baby I want to say third annual fourth annual fourth now i think fourth. i'll have to look in the previous that's wild to think about that might be cool.com 
you never know.